Hey Zebra friends, and welcome to this, the 30th edition of the Geico Podcast. Woo! <laughs> um, I was going to ask you what we were telling the people at home about, but I'm getting too excited and going ahead of myself here. Uh, my name is Neil, I am your regularly scheduled host here in Geico Tower, and I am joined by my ever-grumpy co-host, Martin. Say hello, Martin. Hello, Martin. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. Really? You're not going to tell me that it's a weeknight and that you're tired and don't wish to be recording? Well, that does break a religion or two, I think. (laughs) Today we are uh, doing away with the news section. We're not talking about any comic books. We're not even talking about a movie. Uh, And you actually know what we're talking about this week, don't you? I do. So this is our Star Trek Picard special. Mm. We are going to tell you a bit about why we are big fans of Star Trek. Martin will tell you about his Star Trek history. I will tell you about mine. We will talk about some of our favourite Jean-Luc Picard moments uh, from across the franchise. going to tell you a bit about uh, our trip to the uh, premiere of Star Trek Picard that happened last week here in London going to give you a bit of a flavour of uh, the first three episodes of the season that we've seen so far, but that will be very spoiler light, and we'll also go a bit in-depth on uh, on the first episode, which is available now. Uh, you can watch it, if you're in America, on CBS All Access. If you're in international markets, then you can watch Star Trek Picard on Amazon Prime Video. But before we get down to it, I'm pretty sure we should let the lovely listeners at home have a listen to a snippet of action from the series. Would you like to finish it, Captain? I don't know how. That is not true, sir. find safety but one is never safe from the past please sir someone's after me i have an appointment your name please sir picard p-i-c-a-r-d it's nice to see you up and around again we have an obligation to investigate there is no we admiral i am standing up for the federation for what it should still represent this is no longer your house jean go home star trek picard stars sir patrick stewart as admiral picard you've got michelle hurd as raffi harry treadaway as narek isa briones as daj You've also got Jonathan Del Arco, who returns as Hugh, Jerry Ryan returning as Seven of Nine, plenty of other returning cast members in little cameos. Um, you've got Santiago Cabrera as Chris Rios, the pilot, and Evan Evagora, who plays another Romulan whose name escapes me right now. Co-starring is also Alison Pill as Dr. Agnes Gerati. Pretty sure I just rattled them all off without having to look on IMDb. You did, it was very impressive. I probably missed someone. Apologies if I did. I don't think they're listening. So tell us about your Star Trek fandom. When did you get into Star Trek? Oh, no, it takes me back to that day. (laughs) It was a cold Tuesday? It was a freezing Thursday. I I don't remember, actually. I just remember watching a lot of Star Trek. I remember watching a lot of original series. Yep. On a 
I want to say a Saturday morning, but I don't think it was a Saturday morning. It might have been a Sunday afternoon. It was a simpler time anyway. <laughs> and then the other, my second earlier Star Trek memory would be watching Next Generation on Sky One. I thought you jumped into this on, on Voyager. No, I was there from uh, very early on. Yeah. I even I even ventured into a bit of uh, DS9 on a Saturday afternoon with my, gr- with my granddad. I know that you like Captain Sisko. Yes, Commander Sisko. Yes, Captain Sisko. Moving on. But Voyager would have to be my favourite. Yes. I think because it was the one that was on, I got to see it live. Only I always ever watched... What did I watch Next Gen as a rerun? I must have done because I was far too young. When did it finish? It finished when I was sort of 10 or 11. Yeah, I was far too young. Thanks. (laughs) No, I must have been... Um, how old would I have been? I don't know. Young. Eight, nine. So Eight, if nine. I was sort of... So I was in... Primary school. I was in primary school. I was just finishing primary school, starting secondary school as it was finishing. So I was that sort of 10, 11, 11, 12 sort of age. So you would be 7, 8 when it finished. Yeah, so I remember watching about that. I even remember buying the VHSs. Yes. And you had the little competition thing where if you get the stickers, you could send away for stuff. Yes. But I never got enough stickers to send away. I remember sending away for stuff once and I got a letter back saying, this is so old, we don't do this anymore. <laughs> well, you do live in Scotland and they are quite far behind. And I think, oh my God, how, you know, how long has this been on the shelf? Because I thought it was new. Well, you see, I only just learned recently that the UK was about three, four years behind America when it came to the next generation, up to a point. It started several years later for us and it played catch up. I was so devastated. I'd saved for ages trying to get those bloody stickers. I mean, the VHSs I had to buy. Yeah. It wasn't until we got Sky that I could, able, I was able to watch Voyager in order. <laughs> Just had a collection of random episodes on video. Oh dear. And where do you stand on a Star Trek movie point? Uh, old or new? It, it, just in general. What are, what are your favourites? Oh, favourites. Oh, everything next, Jenny. Right, okay. What about the original series movies? I don't mind original series movies. I find some of them a bit too 80s. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But I do remember... Everybody remember where we parked. Yeah. I do remember watching them. I remember there was a... What was it? It must have been like a Star Trek anniversary or a marathon on BBC Two. Probably, yeah. And they were showing all the old episodes. And then they were showing a movie every night. But it was Mm -hmm. really late. And I always remember sitting up really late to watch the one where... What was the one with the whale? The one that I just quoted. That, yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, these are very 80s. But I still loved it. But my heart will always be with Generations and First Contact. Favourite characters in the Star Trek universe? Just a top three. Don't You don't have to go into great detail. Oh, uh, Janeway, Seven, and... Harry Kim. Well, <laughs> I feel bad for Harry. Why? Well, because well, he died and it wasn't really Harry. Well, he never got a promotion, did he? He was a bridge officer. He was managing the bridge at night time. Well, he died and then someone else took over. Well, he, he didn't really. It was Harry Kim from a shifted universe of five seconds ahead or whatever it was. It was. Harry Kim, two seconds from the future that came back. Well, it's, it's never it's, mentioned ever again. It's not the Harry Kim then, is it? It's a Harry Kim. Let's not, you know. Let's not split hairs, Commander Cisco. Captain. 
Kinda. What's your issue with Captain Cisco? Well, he doesn't have a starship, does he? What's the Defiant? Is that a starship? It's a ship. Does it hold more than three people? Yes, it holds something like 14. Well, the Delta Flyer... Yes. ...was probably of the similar size. No, it doesn't have a captain. <laughs> okay. I rest my case. We captained a space if station. Had, if I had a mic, I'd drop it. <laughs> you don't captain a space station, you command a space station. Okay. That technical term doesn't go anywhere, does it? Uh, excuse me. That's but that that station moved. When when pilot, in a gust of space wind. <laughs> they moved that station in the pilot to move it closer oh. to the. Uh, oh, did the you feel hole. that? I think we've just moved. <laughs> Said no one ever on a space station. All right, all right. You're gonna start me on mad. That film rant. The monkey. What? That space film. Ad Astra? Yeah. When he was flying through the, the meteors and not getting hit by any of them by a single sheet of metal. You're veering very off track from Star yeah. Trek here. It's all space. What was what tell us about your Star Trek journey? Uh Next Generation was my introduction to the world of Not um, the original series. No, well obviously I'm a little bit young for the original series. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So I came into it on Next Generation thinking that I was watching it at the same pace as America, but clearly I wasn't because I've now learned that they just showed the first five seasons back-to-back daily Monday to Friday um, on Sky One. Let it go. You didn't even know at the time. No. So uh, I watched that. Then I uh, obviously followed through Deep Space Nine, although I've still never really seen how that ended. I know how it ends, but I've never actually watched the last episode. Um, Went back and did reruns of the original series... Really enjoyed the animated series. Love Star Trek, the animated series. Uh, so looking forward to Lower Decks later this year. I know it's a completely different type of animated series, but at the same time, animated Star Trek seems to just work quite well somehow. Never really got into Voyager. I owned the video of the pilot um, because the video, they released it on VHS before it was on TV. But was it just, the didn't, hair? just didn't grab me. Is it series one hair? What when she had her hair up? She didn't. She didn't really rock the hair until it was down. No, I just didn't find anyone had that much of a personality. Not even Seven. No one. She wasn't in it in season one. No. Um, I I like Seven. I think she's a good character, and I prefer later episodes. Um, but in that in that first season, it just didn't grip me at all. And then I never watched Enterprise. I have subsequently seen episodes of it, but um, not not when it was on. And oh. I've never watched a whole series. I tried when it was on. I got really excited about it because it was on what E four or T four yeah. or T three, whatever they're calling it these days. And then it was just so disappointing. And that theme tune, oh my god! It's been a long time. Russell, Russell Watson. Watson. <laughs> <laughs> At least you remembered it. Normally, I have to tell you who it is. Um, it's a su- surprise every time. Yes. Came and then from here to there. you didn't mention Discovery. No, I don't really think of it. You know, I never think of it as Star Trek. Really? How no? Because it's not a continuation of a Star Trek that we're known and love and grew up with. I suppose, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I do really like it. Yeah. It's just one of the things where, oh, we're back in the past again, therefore it's a different timeline, so it doesn't count. 
Yeah, Star Trek has been very preoccupied with the past rather than the future up to this point, which is slightly strange. I mean, I'm all for knowing where you've come from so you can go places, but don't keep going back and fiddling. <laughs> Changing the timeline. Yeah. Uh, who knows what universe they're in? Is it Prime Universe? Is it Kelvin Universe? Is it a new universe? Penny Whistle Universe? I don't know. Penny Whistle? Penny Whistle. I was in Picard's Penny Whistle. Yeah, I bet there's a universe where he's got an afro and he plays his Penny Whistle every, all the time. Why would he have an afro? Why not? It's a different universe. <laughs> okay. Uh, from a film standpoint, I like the original movies. Um, I struggle a little bit with the motion picture. That one's just a bit too random for me. Which um, one's that one? That would be the first movie featuring the original cast. Mm. Um, next gen movies are my favourites. Generations, I love. Helm controls are offline! Um, I forgot to mention that there'll be quite a few quotes as we go through this, so I do apologise. Um, first Contact, absolutely my favourite one. John Luke, blow up the damn ship! Oh God, what's what's the what's the wharf quote when he's like, hasta la vista. Eh? He does like a... He does like a quote like that when they're on the when they're trying to eject the deflector dish. Assimilate this. That's it. You know, yeah. <laughs> what up? Uh, and uh, oh, what's that gone? No, Ahab's gonna go hunt his whales. Yes. Um, <laughs> love it. I do also enjoy the J.J. Abrams era Kelvin timeline films as well. Again, I don't really think of them as Star Trek. No. Well, they've gone back and we've fiddled. They're nice films, but fiddled. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, of those three, I don't really know which is my favourite. Uh, I really, I really like the original one, uh, the first one of the of the three. And I love the fact that it had a lot of connections to the wider Star Trek universe, particularly with the whole unspoken Romulan slash Borg ship and how that then connects to what's happening in um, in Picard. I love Star Trek Into Darkness, which people don't really like all that much because I like the way they flipped the Kirk Spock death scene on its head. Because obviously in the original series of movies, Spock died, and in this one, Kirk died. But I I really love the soundtrack of that one. I think Into Darkness has an amazing score from Chikino. And I quite like Beyond as well, which is also highly underrated because it feels like a uh, like a film version, I suppose. There's better way of saying no better way of saying it really. Of an actual episode of the original series, in some respects. See, I never, rem- I can never remember the second one. Benedict Cumberbatch. Con. Yeah. Damn you, Con. I don't think anyone says damn you, but well, maybe they should. <laughs> Have you got a favourite out of the three more modern ones? Well, I, I don't remember the second one. Okay. The third one we just watched, and it was all right. I don't remember you being here when I watched I that the other day. I was sitting next to you, so I would stop pulling at that thread. I thought I watched it by myself when you weren't here. Thanks. Were you here for the whole film? Yes. Were you really? Yes. That's very strange. We had a takeaway. We had a chippy, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. We didn't, did we? We had a kebab. Okay. <laughs> My memory is not what it once was. Um, okay. And how did you feel about it watching it again? <laughs> uh, it was it was all right, I think. 
I may or may not have been there, but it was alright. Well, who knew? I don't know. I just find they're very technologically. I mean, I know this going to really stupid, and you're okay. like, "Oh, for the love of God, shut up!" All right. But they're very technologically advanced for the setting that they're in. It's like the um, the Star Wars prequel effect, whereby you know that episodes one, two, and three are set after the original movies, but the technology looks better. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's under, no, it's understandable. Perfectly valid opinion to have. You know, the the bridge of the new Enterprise looks more technologically advanced than the D. Yes. Well, it, probably, well, it is, because of the time. Yes. And you can't really change that. You're not going to have Chris Pratt sitting on a deck chair. Or Chris Pine. Or whatever. <laughs> One of them's from Guardians of the Galaxy. The other one's from Wonder Woman and Star Trek. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're, both, they're very similar looking in the face. You're not going to have him on a sweeping generalization. <laughs> These Hollywood stars. You're not going to have him sitting on some sort of, you know, cardboard shell. Cardboard shell. Because well, it wouldn't that's... look very good. Exactly, yeah. It's not like any of those films or TV series were produced in an age of HD up until these ones, which is why. Have you read many Star Trek comic books, novels? Extended fiction, computer games? Not to the comics, the novels, and fan fiction. Okay. <laughs> I've read a lot of comic books over the years and a few of the novels. Awesome. It's been a long time since I read novels. I've not read the novels. I played I had, some of the games, though. Yes, I had Star Trek uh, Generations, the game, which I never finished, actually, on PC. Um, something else I had. Ooh, what was the really fun one with the ships? Star Trek Legacy and Star Trek Conquest. Conquest was on Wii. Um, did you ever play... Oh, Armada! Star Trek Armada. Oh, God, I lost weeks to Star Trek Armada. Yes. That was a damn good game. I'm trying to think. So, of Star Trek Legacy, which I love. Is it Legacy? That's one on the Xbox, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I love that game. You never really got into Star Trek Online, though, did you? No, because, it's see, it's the running about... Yeah, I don't like the running about. No, you just like personally. the ships. I just like the ships. I loved um, what was oh god, what was it called? I had it on PlayStation One. You can see me playing it. Well, you got to Star Trek Invasion. I used to love playing that on the PlayStation. Don't think I played that one. You get to command little, almost like little fighter ships. Yeah, I used to love playing that. Mm. Yeah, oh god, I'm looking at the video on YouTube now. So that was the very first level where you had to take down a Romulan warboard. Well. Well, that was the height. So yeah, Armada, I always wanted Armada 2. Yeah. But I had the world's most rubbish computer that it wouldn't actually support it. Oh. So I could only play Armada 1. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it for you now. Well, we've tried. We have, haven't we? It's unplayable. Yes. Unless somebody knows how, because... If you know how, then uh, please let us know. Please and get us. your Comic-Con on social media. <laughs> you would make Martin very happy. He would. Okay, so moving on from your sort of Star Trek fandom, um, I'm now being shown YouTube videos while I'm trying to uh, record. Um, What's Star Trek Invasion? It's worth noting that from here on out, there will be some kind of spoilers for Star Trek Picard. 
I will forewarn you before we do our review of episode one, because that will be heavily spoilery. But for now, we'll keep it a little bit more brief, because I think we're both probably on the uh, on working on the idea that this is a series that you need to experience for yourselves, and uh, it's such a complex and slow-burning storyline that it's it's really worth experiencing for yourself firsthand. Would you agree? Agreed. So last week we got invited by the lovely people of Amazon Prime to attend the UK premiere, did we not? We did. And um, they actually invited us back in December. We had about a month's notice about it, but they hadn't really given us any details as to what the event was going to be, other than that it was a... I knew it was in Leicester Square at the Odeon Lux. So I presumed it was going to be a fairly high-profile premiere, but... um, how, how how would you describe it? How would I describe it? Uh, lush extravaganza. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say terrifying, but... Um... It was terrifying as well. So we got an email around a week before with instructions um, and, you know, a, a dress code smart, which I've never had at anything I've been to before. I think that stressed me out more than anything, thinking, oh my God, what will I bloody wear? Yes. Uh, we've been very lucky to go to a lot of events over the last kind of 12, 18 months, but um, this was on a different level. This was security check-ins, I was going to say red carpets, but white carpets, uh, press. It was it was pretty intense, but it was very cool. So we, we arrived about two hours before it was due to start because we had to check in and pick up tickets. Um, with a lot of standing around and then all of that standing around culminated in like five minutes of my life that I don't really remember of walking up the carpet being a bit like there's Jerry Ryan there's Ian McKellen there's Patrick Stewart there's Michelle Hurd and here's a whole load of people staring at us going who are they because you know no one really cared about who we were well, they won't Why know what they? we look like because it's a podcast. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Uh, next time I'm going to have to convince some friends to go and stand there so they can be like, oh, it's Neil and Martin. <laughs> Hello, Martin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, what are your memories of the, the kind of red carpety section of uh, the evening? None of it because the only thing going through my mind was do not fall, do not fall. Do not trip and land on seven of nine. Did you take in the fact that she was walking behind us? No, I couldn't look. Really? Oh, no. Why? Too stressful. <laughs> was I was behind you, wasn't I? Um, I was just trying to look at everything and take it all in, but it was just, there was, it was noisy. And there was a huge screen in front of us that was showing footage of us walking up the carpet. There's security going, move along, move along, move along. It was all just, it was just, it was crazy, crazy, so busy. And then we went inside. And who knew that they screened the premiere from outside for the people inside so they can watch it? No, with no sound though. No, that was, but there was sound when they did interviews, just yeah. not for the rest of it, which was a bit odd. Um, could have done without the thumping dance music that they were playing in between. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, didn't really fit with the evening. How old are you? <laughs> well, you know, old oh. enough to remember Next Generation first time round. All that noise. Fetch my slippers. <laughs> so after our little white carpet experience, we just went into the cinema, took our seats. Uh, we all got given a really nice little com badge, pin badge, which I'm sure Martin will now tell you all about how it is different from when we first saw the design and it's not the design that was seen in the last episode of Voyager or in the last episode of The Next Generation. And 
ever so slightly different because the shape's slightly different in the background. You're smiling. Well, if you're going to, you know, all I'm saying is continuity. From alternate timeline futures. Doesn't matter. Continuity. Okay. Uh, we got our, you know, generic can of recyclable water. Nice little bag of popcorn. And then we retreated to a little Q, well, not Q and A, uh, a little introduction. <laughs> little Q popped out. <laughs> little Q, yes, son of Q. Um, no, we had a we had an introduction, didn't we, from Alex Kurtzman and Patrick Stewart beforehand. Patrick Stewart said he wanted Amazon to play us three episodes, but they'd put their foot down and we'd only show one. Um, so thank heavens for screeners. And then they showed us the first episode, which was, um, in a word, outstanding. And really nice to see it in a huge crowd of Star Trek fans as well. And the cast watched it. I don't, from my understanding of those kind of events, casts don't often stay to watch, but they actually did. Yeah, and it was also, they were sitting in front of us. They were. And uh, they, so when Patrick Stewart was on the stage doing his introduction, they were all stood up taking pictures and kind of clapping for him, which was really nice. So there's definitely a good rapport between the cast. So they screened the episode, we all clapped for like half an hour uh, and, you know, hoped that they'd show us more. And then they did a nice full cast Q&A on the stage, which was really cool. Um, nothing that we hadn't already kind of learnt elsewhere. The the story of how, Pic- how Picard, Patrick, was, um, Sir Patrick, should I say, was coaxed back to, to do it and how he wasn't really interested. And they went away and wrote, was it a 36 page document that was like a treatment for the show? And that's what had convinced him. Some nice words from people like Jerry Ryan and Jonathan Del Arco about how it feels to return to the characters that they played back in Voyager and Next Generation. And then just a few words each from the new cast members about their characters. Although they couldn't really say much, could they? No, but then that's good. Because you don't meet everybody in the first episode, which we'll talk about in a second. So it it's difficult for them to, to know what to say because it all kind of depends on what you have and haven't seen and how, where you are in the storyline because of the, the mystery that's going on. <laughs> so it was an awesome experience. It was really just that's that how I, how I would sum it up. I think it's probably my favourite event that I've been to, other than um, like the Shazam Fairground was pretty good fun, and the the It Haunted House was a good laugh as well. But this was this was kind of a geek bucket list tick for me. Anything else you'd like to say about the the premiere experience? No, we did get to see Sir Ian of McKellen. We did, and you had to let him pass. I did. I let Gandalf pass. <laughs> That's mainly because his... Um... Oh, the little girl. She was vicious. Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Sir Ian is coming! He was with... Um, did you see who he was with? No. He was with Patrick Stewart's wife. Oh. I did, I, I've seen the pictures of them on the, on the white carpet, and it's very sweet. Spangly dress. That was the wife. I was going to say, Ian wasn't wearing a spangly dress. <laughs> no, the pictures of Patrick and Ian are really nice. They were, you can tell that they're very old friends and very close friends. And then I had to laugh about the subsequent story that Sir Patrick told on this morning about how when he got the job of Picard the first time round, uh, Ian McKellen told him not to do it. He said it would absolutely ruin your career. <laughs> You're doing all right for yourself on the stage in London. Stick with that. You don't need this job. Look where they are now. Yeah, exactly. Gandalf and Picard. Magneto and the Professor. Yes. Right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the first three episodes. Oh, it's all right, number one. I came here to find safety. 
but one is never safe from the past. Please, sir, someone's after me. How are you feeling about Star Trek Picard having seen this first little batch? Pretty good. Okay. You're worried about spoilers now, aren't you? Well, I don't want to spoil the experience for people. No, that's why we're going we're to keep it light. What has been your highlight aspect of the show so far? All of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if you had to pinpoint what's made you buy into it so much, what would you say? It's new, yet feels familiar. That idea that it's gone back and kind of evokes the same feelings that you had of the original but telling you a new story yeah it's like putting on an old pair of slippers that are i've seen better days right but they're still incredibly comfortable <laughs> and they still keep you nice and cozy were you excited for this we didn't really talk about this beforehand were you excited about it when it was announced was that some did you think yes this is a good idea did you think oh this could this could work or it might not work we're getting a lot of this because we don't really seem to make anything new anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's always that worry is, you know, are we flogging a dead horse here? But having listening to, so when we got to go to New York Comic Con and listening to yes. Sir Patrick of Stewart talk about it and you could tell that he really didn't want it to be flogging a dead horse. Yeah. And you could tell that they were all really, really invested in it. That was my concern as well because you've obviously had things like x-files continued for two seasons as the same show will and grace came back as the same show um you know there's talk of fraser coming back in some respect uh beverly hills 90210 did their sort of remakey type thing you've got shows like full house that are now fuller house on netflix there's a lot of going back to things that were popular when we were younger and continuing them and i didn't want to see tng part two it needed to be different which I'm sufficiently happy that it is from what I've seen. And the talk of not just having all of the Next Generation cast there because it's nice to have the Next Generation cast wheeled back out. People are there when the story warrants it. I like that. There's a there's a definite mature approach to the storytelling. Yeah. Is there any characters that you want to see that you haven't seen from... TNG years minus the one that was announced a couple of years ago one was announced oh well yes Whoopi's coming back that's exciting that's a big uh, Whoopi it's a big Whoopi yes uh, and also just really sweet the way he did that I'm officially allowed to ask you will you come back very nice um, well she's not exactly going to say no on live TV is she no <laughs> um I think all the ones that I would want to see have been announced. So we know that Riker and Troy are going to be in there. Here are two of my favourites. Um, a lot of people are bothered about whether they get to see Worf. Um, I guess it would be nice to... I don't think you have to see all of them. I'm interested to know where they all are. But to find out where they are doesn't necessarily mean that they all have to appear. Um, I don't know why, but I've got this funny feeling that Dr. Crusher's dead. Don't ask me why. It's a bit dark. I've got a feeling in me waters. Your waters. Yeah. You said doctor about that. Yeah. Well, you can't. She's dead. I don't know. There's, there's. I mean, there's never been any talk of her appearing in it or not appearing in it. I just, I feel like that's somebody who's not around anymore. Otherwise, she'd be involved. 
You might get a bit of bit of Wheaton. So he's doing the after show. So he might pop up somewhere. He might. You might see him at a dinner table again, like last time. Yes. What about Jordy? Again, I don't necessarily feel we need to see him. But I mention, you know, he's away in the Delta Quadrant with a ship or something. I don't know. Because for all we know, they've gone back using technology that Voyager had and have done further exploration. Cleaning up the mess. Yeah, probably. Um, so I just, I, yeah. Riker and Troy are my, my top two other than Picard. They were my three favourites. I'd quite like to see Q. You're not the first person to say that, actually. Someone else said that to me the other day. I think it was Max said it'd be quite cool if Q popped up. I do, and obviously I'd like somebody from another show to pop in. Admiral Janeway? Yes. Well, I don't feel like Admiral Janeway would stand for some of the things that we find out about in the second and third episodes. So I wonder where she is. Perhaps she's in the same boat, or she's just as outraged, or I don't know. Maybe she's dead. She's locked up in prison, where she's a chef. She dyed her hair red. <laughs> she could be dead. Um, another one that has been mentioned recently as well is Reg Barkley. Where's Reg? Oh, you need a bit of Reg. He's everywhere. It'd be interesting to find out what happened to him after he found Voyager and they got back. Yeah. Because technically he's kind of a hero to the cast of Voyager. You could have the Doctor. The real one. The EMH. Yeah. As in the real EMH or the actual EMH from Voyager. As in the man that created him or... Oh, he'd be long dead by now. Oh, okay. He was dying in Voyager. So. Oh, right, okay. So what happened to the Voyager's EMH afterwards? Yeah. Hmm. There's all this talk about synthetics and androids. What's happened to the the hollows? Well, that's true. Yes. Like the photonics. Yes. Without going into too much information, how do you feel about the storyline? that's been presented so far. I'm intrigued and would like to know more. How do you feel about the pacing of it? Well, we watched three episodes back to back and it didn't yes. feel like three hours, so... No? Three minutes? Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. I think it's quite... Um, how do I want to say it? I think it's faster paced in the first episode to reintroduce you to the world. I think that's quite a fast-paced episode. Well, in comparison, I wouldn't say it's fast-paced overall. I think it's a faster-paced episode, and then it slows down a bit for two and three, but I like the way it teases out information. So I felt at the end of episode one, I had the storyline pegged. I thought, okay, I know who you are, I know where you are, I know what you're doing, and so therefore I figure out what we need to do. And then in episode two, it flipped it on its head, particularly with the cliffhanger. And then in episode three, it teased it out even more. So now I'm not really sure who's on what side or who is where and what's what quite is going on. Yeah. I'm not really feeling the new rank either. Commodore? Yeah. The Commodore of Starfleet Security, who we met in episode two. Why do you not like the rank of Commodore? Well, we've never seen it before, have we? It's never been mentioned before. It's never been alluded to before. And then it's just like, oh, Commodore. Maybe it's a post-war time thing. Yeah, maybe. So I'm not... I can never under... So a Commodore is what? Higher than a captain, lower than an admiral. So like a captain and a half. Yeah. Well, she was, so she's the head of Starfleet Security, basically. Which, by the sounds of it, if this is a time when things are politically a bit more difficult, is maybe more important than it would be before. Yeah. I didn't like her uniform, either. I don't understand why you didn't like her uniform. Well, I just, I felt like it was, there should have been more of a 
distinction between because if it's higher than a captain, yeah, but not as high as an admiral, you would think the uniform would be slightly different to sort of. But then, is she a functioning security officer? Mark her out a bit more than just another generic yellow shirt. Yeah, I don't. I just felt like she was a, a an actual operating security officer who was also in charge. So. I didn't feel like there would be much point in having a dress uniform if she's kind of in the thick of it. Maybe. But I wouldn't say she's like a working security. I, I just not... feel like you're a little bit too hung up on someone who's actually only been in like two scenes so far. Well, I see little details. You think, oh, <laughs> I would have liked to... I don't know. Like a stripe or something. Mm. But having said that... Um, I quite like the new design of the uniforms. Mm. You know what I'm going to say. No? Well, it's not the same design as the future uniforms from Voyager. <laughs> but that future may never exist. I know, I know. It's not the same as the future uniforms from the end of Next Generation either. I'm just winding you up now. Well, where's the temporal Starfleet or whatever they're called? Oh, we didn't even start on them. They would have been all over Discovery. <laughs> Had they still have existed. They would have been like, oh, hey, ho, what's going on here? All this jumping about the timeline. Get back in where you're supposed to be. What about the political landscape of um, where we are now? Well, they're doing what every other TV show does at the minute, don't they? They're reflecting what's happening in real life. I think that makes it more um, engaging. <laughs> Picard pun. <laughs> Make it so. Um, number one. <laughs> T. Hot. Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Decaf. Hot. Um, do you not think it's more it's more identifiable to reflect something that you feel more steeped in and kind of surrounded by? It's quite sad in a way because it's not the Starfleet that we used to see. No, but it's almost a victim of what it stood for. Well, I don't want really to give too much away now. No, 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 that's true. Yeah, we don't want to veer too much into spoilers, but I think I think it's easy creatively to see how being so peaceful, in air quotes, um, and living that utopian future is a very fine balance to try and maintain. It doesn't take much to tip that kind of system over. And this, I said this in my review, I said... Um, that I still feel like it's Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, but it's his vision teetering on the brink of something fairly disastrous. Mm, like today. Yes. Well, not today, today, but modern society. Yes. So is there anything, again, broad terms with these first three episodes that you weren't so keen on or didn't particularly like? No, not really. Nothing? No. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> the Romulan lady. Which one? The Irish one. Oh, Orla. Yeah. Brady. See, I think she's my favourite new character so far. I do really like her. It's just really odd to have an Irish Romulan. Peter's mum from Fringe. Yeah. Uh, so, I, do you know what I think is actually very sad? They, they. I just, so I didn't know she was in it. Um, she's, she's pictured in one of the, um, the promo photos, and I thought that looks like Orla Brady, um, but 
not she's not listed as a main cast member or guest cast member. So both her and Jamie McShane I thought were really good characters. Um, I suppose they Lursa and Beethoven, but that's not their names. Um, as the Romulan couple, he so he did he look familiar to you? Yes. So he is uh, he's from the Passage. He was Patient Zero. Oh, from the Passage. So he was. Yeah. Well, he's done well for himself. He has, but I really liked both their characters. I really liked them. I just said it was just weird. Irish Romulan. Yeah. I'd say it's a minority group. Well, I suppose they're green. It's <laughs> very true. Yes, I really liked the way. Um, and this is only sort of slightly spoilery for episode one, and it's it's nothing major. Um, I like the way she mothers Picard. It felt very much like on Chateau Picard, he was he was a child being looked after. I suppose he's an old man being looked after, but you know. Well, he's what, 104 or something? 79. I mean, in, in the series. 79? I thought he was 92. Maybe he is. I thought he was playing the same age as he is in real life. No, I'm sure he said he was 92 in the show. Oh, bless him. He's looking alright for 92. Well, it's a utopia. <laughs> or is it? You'll have to watch and see. Uh, so anything else other than an Irish Romulan that bothered you? No, that was it. I mean, it yeah, it was all very good and I do love the Irish, but it's just a bit odd. Okay. It's almost like when you watch Game of Thrones and you're like, oh, I'm from the North, but I've got a... Not a North accent. Not a North accent. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you feel about, or what are your feelings about the um, the new cast? I don't think I know them enough to have formed an opinion yet. <laughs> Do you mean that, or are you just too nervous of saying something that you might later regret? No, I've not. I've not settled into them yet. I need a okay. bit of time to settle into them. So, of the ones you've met in the first three episodes, is there anyone that stands out as a favourite? No, I'm a bit mm, like I'm not, not sure yet. Okay. What about you? Um. You tend to form attachments very quickly. You must have a favourite by now. Uh, yeah, Raffi, I think. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I just, I really like the, the relationship between Raffi and Picard. Uh, I just, I feel like everyone that he worked with on the Enterprise, all the characters that we spent all those years with, he had very individual relationships with all of them. So, he, you know, he had that precedent with Riker that if he tried to go on away missions, Riker would always be the one that would say captain's places on the ship but you know knew to step back where they needed to and they could you know have a difficult conversation with the with the two and there was always a, a great admiration between them you knew how much he had respect for Troy's advice despite the you know wishy-washy nature nature of her empathic abilities um he had that kind of brotherly familial relationship with data which you saw lots more of throughout the films as well, the way he looked after him in Generations when he first had the emotion chip and how Data's death affected him in Nemesis and how it still affects him now. Um, go on. What are you laughing at? You just said Data and Generations. Life forms. You precious little life forms. You tiny little life <laughs> forms. Where are you? I can't believe I just did that. Um, but so what I was going to say was, um, she hasn't of of all the people that we've seen him with so far, she has the most sort of 
classic relationship with him. Uh, he hasn't spent enough sort of time with the others apart from the two Romulans that he lives with um, to have that kind of bond with anyone. And I just, I really like watching the two of them talk. And as we're learning bits about their relationship from the past as well as uh, what's happening to them now and what you read, you can read about them in the in the Picard prologue comic book, I just really like. And I particularly love that she calls him JL. No one's done that before. I can't, I don't think that anyone would have gotten away with that before. So that tells you how much he admires her that's how you know when he has respect for a character when he allows him to do something that you know if anyone else did it he would not appreciate well imagine if Wheaton called him JL well that's the thing if you think back to what Wesley Crusher was like in early next gen that time he stepped out of the turbo lift onto the bridge when children weren't allowed on the bridge and Picard just flipped out um you know he 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 didn't stand for stuff that he wasn't comfortable with when we first met him so to know that he allows someone to call him JL is just a, a sign of, of that admiration that he has for him. He's mellowed. Yeah. With all that wine. He's had a little bit too much of the uh, the vintage Picard. Um, but yeah, she would definitely be my uh, my favourite character that's that's of the newbies. Anything that you're not loving? Or... No, not really. Um, I mean, we're going to talk a bit more about episode one in a minute. Um there were a couple of plot points in that one that I wasn't so keen on, but well, not 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 keen on. Sorry, there was a couple of bits that felt slightly contrived to me. Um, but overall, in terms of these these three episodes, I think it's all pretty much everything's everything's good in my book. So let's talk a bit more about episode one, just because we can talk spoilers on that one because it's out. You can watch it now, whether you're in the US or international. It's available um, on your chosen platform and your location. Story-wise, in episode one, what were your highlights? All of it. <laughs> give me, give me bit more, Give me some more than that. Give me something to go on. Highlight moments. I enjoyed the beginning. What about that? Did you like in particular? With the opening sequence of the D. Yes, you do get to see the Enterprise D for the first time. Nicely rendered in some very uh, cinematic CGI. Good. It's a good-looking ship. It's a very good-looking ship. Really lovingly recreated um, sets as well. I thought I personal observation. Anything else that was a highlight for you in this one? You met some new characters, did a bit of running around, went to Starfleet Academy. Yeah, that was all nice. I mean, it was just nice to sort of ease back into the the universe. Did it feel like a nice re-entry point? Yeah, I think so. It was a nice catch-up to find out what was going on and the state of affairs. How did you feel about the way they caught you up? So I think that this show is quite accessible for people, obviously, who've watched Star Trek. But I think it's also quite accessible to people that aren't that well-versed in it, who maybe are a casual fan or maybe they're a Patrick Stewart fan from having watched X-Men and just decided to give it a chance. I think it's quite easy to get into, thanks to that scene when he's interviewed. Yeah, and it links in with the films as well. Yeah is interesting I thought it was very interesting but both written by Alex Kurtzman so yeah so that's probably why they've done that and what were your what's your highlight moments um uh, going to the Starfleet Museum and seeing the Picard room with the banner from Captain's Day and the model ships of the Enterprise D and the E and also from the Stargazer Worf's Batleths in there as well which maybe that's not a very good sign for him actually now I think about it I thought that was really nice 
I liked some of the little nods back to the next generation. I didn't feel like it relied on it too heavily, but um, they were there and it was nice. And like you said before, it's it's it felt comfortable. I loved the production design. I liked that everything felt similar to what you'd seen in the next generation, but had moved on slightly. So the classic L cars design for the for the screens was still there. It was reminiscent of what you knew from the next generation. Um, and I love the music as well. Jeff Russo's score was just, I think I just said this a few minutes ago, but Jeff Russo's score is just, I love it. Took me a while to warm up to the theme tune, but um, I think the music is, is brilliant. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of the theme tune. And tell me why. I don't know, it's just not, uh, I was going to say it's not classic Star Trek, there's no... It, just, it feels very classic Trek to me, in a way. I know, but it doesn't feel like... There's not a hook that you'll be humming forevermore. I couldn't. I couldn't hum you back the tune now, but no, it, please don't. Why? Well, wouldn't sound very good, would it? Um, I just think it. I think the whole piece of music evokes Picard. It's. It feels like a musical representation of his character to me. You've got a little bit of the Next Generation theme tune in there. There were parts that sounded like some of his themes from the movies, and then there was there was a lot of sort of penny whistle type instrument instrumentation in there as well which is very Picard yeah I can't disagree with you then that. still not a massive fan though <laughs> so is there anything in specific to this episode that you weren't very keen on not really no what about you so my only issue was I felt like um, once Daj had run away from Chateau Picard and she'd had that conversation with her mum and then went and caught up with him in San Francisco. I felt like it was a little bit contrived. Um, although, interestingly, I felt like what that scene did was signpost exactly what was going to happen next and what I thought was going to happen next didn't play out the way I thought it would. But there's something about the delivery of the lines in that scene that just felt a little bit contrived to me compared to the rest of the episode. Whereas when they first meet, when she arrives at Chateau Picard and he just kind of holds her hand for a minute, I know she told the story about that was the first day that she was shooting, but I felt that scene was very, very well played and very deep and very emotional. I just felt like the scene at Starfleet Academy, or the Starfleet base, didn't quite come off as well. So I said in my review that I think... So I did two... I kind of did two reviews for this. I did a, I did an overall kind of like we've just done mildly spoilery discussion on the three episodes and then a, a deeper dive on episode one but i said that overall i thought the whole series feels like a much more mature and sophisticated version of star trek would you agree do you echo those sentiments i echo them as if you were shouting in a tunnel <laughs> uh, i just it's it's really surprising how well it's taken to being this heavily serialized because that's not typically how star trek works when you think it's different for Voyager because they had the whole running through plot of traveling back from the Delta Quadrant. But when you think about the next generation, because that show was shown in America in syndication, there was no way to know really what order the episodes would be aired in. It was not uncommon for them to go out of order. So they couldn't do anything serialized because it just wouldn't necessarily work. So to see them do that here, I think, is really unique to Star Trek. And I'm very, I'm very excited about where that will go for the rest of this season, for the next kind of seven episodes. Does that type of storytelling work for you in this setup? Yeah, it never really bothered me if it was, yeah. 
Makes sense as an overarching theme. It's... I just I don't think that bringing it back for an episode of the week thing would work. No. It needs it needs to be an event series for it to work. It doesn't really fit with. It doesn't fit with modern day TV. Modern day TV. Which is my issue with the Mandalorian. Actually, that it's there is apart from Baby Yoda, it's not serialized in the slightest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong franchise. No quotes. Baby, I am. <laughs> Wrong franchise I am in. Hmm. Yes. Um, would you like to have seen more in this episode, or did you feel like you had enough? No, there was enough in there. There was a lot in there to work with. Were you engaged enough? I was very engaged, actually. I, some might even say I was on red alert for <laughs> something exciting to happen. What about that cliffhanger ending? Um, was that something that you saw coming? That was obviously a location that we had seen in the trailers, but without context it felt like it was going to be something very different from what you saw in the trailer to what it actually was in the episode so how did you feel about that i was shocked but not too surprised okay about the twist because mm-hmm. i went in when it started i thought oh i can see where this is going instantly and did it go exactly where you thought it was going almost and it took a little turn off i was like oh that's new now would that be the synthetic storyline yes okay I think that's a very interesting place for it to go and it's going to pose some very interesting questions particularly when looking at society I don't want to say any more because that's something that people really need to discover for themselves yeah anything else you want to say about episode one no okay (laughs) if you were to sum it up at the end of a review how would you sum up episode one it takes you on a journey that is both new and familiar, that is both full of thrills, nostalgia, and general Star Trekiness. Star Trekiness. And what would you score this out of ten? I'm going to give it a warp nine. Ooh. I think they only do point fives, don't they? No, I'm going to update. You can do the point nine. Mm. Voyager went to warp 10 at one point Well, that's against the rules That's not good for the galaxy Well, it all ended really badly with Janeway and Paris Making love in a swamp Okay Uh, So, to sum things up for our last few minutes I thought we'd just cover some of our favourite Picard moments from Throughout his time in the franchise I have an article up on the website now, uh, which is my top five Picard moments. You can read that over at www.getyourcomicon.co.uk. Some of your favourite moments? Everything from First Contact. Anything in particular? The Moby Dick stuff. Go on. You do a good impression. Jean-Luc, blow up the damn ship. No! (laughs) In theory, people can now compare, because I did this earlier in the episode, so mm. who did it better? Uh, any other favourite moments? Yeah, I do like a bit of a... Uh, oh, God, here we go. Computer! Music! No, no, no. Something more upbeat. Something Latin, is what he says. Well, he says something like, something upbeat, something Latin. Uh, so that was what I picked out as my number one Picard moment um, on my list. I thought you were going to say that bit from um, Nemesis when he's on the uh, shuttlecraft. 
Eugene Chafor. Oh no, I've forgotten about Eugene Chafor. Oh, um, well. No, the bit when Wolf and Picard sing to try and oh. calm Data down. Ah, oh, British man. When he sings HMS Pinafore. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen it. Um, you've missed. May his fist be ever ready for a knockdown That's blow. That's the one. <laughs> Can you guess what one of my other favourites was? Actually, I didn't. I don't think I put it in my list in the end. Um, Who wrote HMS Pinafore again? I can't remember. What were the names? I always think of it from The Simpsons, from um, Sideshow Bob singing it to Bart on the boat. God, what were the names? Because then Morse like, no, sir, I've not had a chance to meet the new. Oh, Albert and Costello. Albert Costello. No? Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Mitchell and Webb. I don't even know who that is. (laughs) Albert and Costello. Away with yourself. Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan, that's the one. And yes, Wolf says, I haven't had a chance to meet all of the new crew members since I got back, yes. <laughs> I always thought it was odd how Wolf got to work in two different places. Did what? he just take annual leave from DS9 to work on the Enterprise? So he could work on a proper ship. <laughs> oh! oh. Uh, yeah, you can, come on, guess one of my other favourites. Oh. Yeah! Four lights! <laughs> but that's just... it's. Every time I do it, it makes me laugh, but it's... It's a, not funny. No, it's not funny, and it's a brilliant episode, and it's so well acted by him as well. That was probably the moment that I realised how much of an amazing Shakespearean actor Sir Patrick is. Yes. Any, Any other key moments that you can think of mm. that spring to mind for you? No, that's the main one. We asked you at home to let us know, and pretty much every single one of you got back in touch and said, Locutus of Borg! So clearly, Best of Both Worlds is a lot of people's favourite episode, I'm going to presume. Um, apart from one, we had one person who said uh, Captain's Day was their favourite, which is a brilliant one. My favourite episodes, just while I'm on that topic. Yesterday's Enterprise, classic. Always watch that one. In a Light, classic Picard. Beautiful episode, that one. Beautiful! Sorry, I've got a bit Essex. Beautiful, darling! Beautiful one, that's a beautiful one. Too far paint! Any favourite episodes for you that you can think of? No, I was. I can never really remember the TNG episodes. I like the one where it becomes the cutest. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Parts one and two. Um, Descent is also one of my favourites, which we just rewatched when, which is when Hugh resurfaces and Law has taken over the Borg. Oh yeah, I quite like that one as well. And I'll do like a Borg episode. Yes, that's a, the Borg ones are the ones that I like in Voyager as well. Oh, they're good. Those ones. Uh, that's about really. Any final thoughts on Star Trek Picard before we sign off and let these lovely super friends go ahead and watch it for themselves? Before we beam back aboard yes. the captain's yacht. On the USS Verity. Oh, no, I'm not going on the Verity. You should just read the comic book. It's a beautiful little ship, that one. Is it an E, though? No, it's, it's further beyond that. Read Star Trek Picard, the prologue comic book, and you'll learn all about it. Oh, I quite like to go on the E, though. <laughs> Is that your final thoughts? Well, I'd quite well. I like to go in the E the ship. No, I wouldn't do anything. Not the drug. Right. I'd like to take a bit of care, taking out of context. Oh, I would like some E. Yes, you did. Say, you did say that. Yes. No, the ship. Um, final thoughts. Just, just go and watch it, and apologise for the Thursday night babbling. My final thoughts are that I just. I mean, you can read my reviews. 
um, they're, they're, they're all there on the website for you to get all my thoughts on this, but it's a beautiful program. I've done it again, I've gone Essex. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, beautiful, darling. It's, no, it's just so well made. It looks cinematic. The VFX are outstanding. The music is outstanding. The acting is outstanding. The whole thing is just flipping bloody brilliant from start to finish. And You've got a bit cockney now. <laughs> I'm very sad that we have to wait until uh, the 14th of February to see a new episode because obviously we had the privilege, which we're very grateful of, I've seen the first three up front. So it's going to be one hell of a ride going through the rest of this season. And I can't wait for season two. And whoopee, Guinan is coming back. Whoopee. So I will sign off for now. Uh, and we will see you in a couple of weeks when we'll be back to talk about a little Warner Brothers film you might have heard of uh, called Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Never heard of it. No? No. I think you might like it. I don't follow popular culture. <laughs> What are you doing on this podcast? Uh, so until next time, super friends, my name is Neil. I have been the captain of the USS Geico for this evening. Signing off. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Martin. Goodbye, Martin. I'm off for Decaf, please. It's very late in the evening. Bye. <laughs>